Hello and welcome to the Money Nerds Podcast, where owning a calculator, budgeting your money, and having a net worth is actually cool. I'm your host, Whitney Hansen, and each week I'll be chatting with inspiring people to learn their secrets to financial success. Now let's dive into the show. I am so excited about the possibility for the upcoming year. I know that 2020 was a bit of a crazy year and it was not bad for everybody, but I know for a lot of people, it was filled with heartache, financial troubles. It was a really telling year and it was not a fun one to experience. So I am with everybody and let's close this chapter. Let's not cancel the year, but let's definitely move on. We have a lot we can learn from 2020, but 2021, man, let's hope that it's a better year and that we can start to apply some really great habits and goals and just strategies into the upcoming year to have one of our best years yet. That's why I was so excited to chat with today's guest about planning for the new year. But before we dive into a little bit of his background, I have to share a really awesome money win. This money win comes from Coco. She says, a holiday gift to myself. I have been self-employed for over six years and one and a half years into it, I cashed out my old 401k to keep my fledging business afloat. I kept telling myself as my business continued to grow that I would start to invest in my future retirement again, but also wanted to pay off my debt that took up a majority of my focus. After spending five months of 2020 unable to work, I thought that again, this would have to remain on the back burner, but in true quote unquote Christmas miracle form, I managed to pivot, reevaluating some of my limiting beliefs around income and turn my financial year around at the very end. This has enabled me to pay off my debt and most importantly, open an IRA. Hashtag money win. My friend, I am so proud of you. I know this year has been tough on self-employed people especially, but it's so good to see that you were able to shift your mindset and still accomplish your goals. I am crazy proud of you. The fact that you accomplished any of your goals in 2020 is truly something to be proud of. So way to go to you and congrats on your money win. Okay, let's talk a little bit about today's guest. Peter Polson is a total rock star and founder of Tiller Money. He started Tiller out of frustration with the tools available to manage his money. In high school and in the early 90s, Polson taught computer classes as a side job. His standard curriculum included Word and Quicken, the good old traditional go-to tools back in the day. Later in college, he worked for Microsoft on their Microsoft Money tool. What he found is that there was a huge gap in the market. There was still not a right kind of tool that allowed people accessibility and ease. And so he created Tiller to help solve this problem and help people start to win with money. I am a personal fan of Tiller Money. I have used the service in the past. I do not currently use it, but I do love it. I think it's a really, really great tool. And I think for so many people, it's exactly what we need to get back on track with our finance. In this episode, you're going to learn a little bit about his how his background in technology led Peters to creating Tiller Money. What Tiller Money does exactly. So if you're into financial apps and you're into software and you just want to learn a little bit more, you're going to see exactly what it can do for you. How Peter views the importance of the new year. I really love new year conversations. I think it's such a great place to just put that like line in the sand and say, time to change some things. We talk about focusing on things we can control in terms of our finances, the nuts of bolts of being financially aware, 
how to get back on track after you fall off the bandwagon. I don't know about you, but I find myself falling off a few times per year. And so it's always helpful to hear how people approach that. We talk about a mindset trick into imagining your finances or somebody else's. I love, love, love this one. I think it's so useful and I think you're going to really love it too. Putting long-term goals into perspective, taking tangible, reasonable steps into actualizing your long-term goals, looking at your expenses from a common sense and a values-based mindset, and even involving your kids in financial discussions. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I know it was a ton of fun for me too, and this is a really fun, timely episode. So if you want to join in on some fun financial challenges, then check out the show notes because Tiller is hosting 30 Days of Financial Wins Challenge. So it's kind of a fun one too, to help you stay focused, motivated, and accountable to your financial goals. I am so excited to introduce you guys to my friend, Peter Polson. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. Today, I am joined by my new friend, Peter. Peter, thank you so much for hanging out. I'm really glad to be here, Whitney, and to be with your money nerds. Yes, we're stoked about it. Anytime we can get nerdy and talk about New Year's and resolutions, we we do love that. But before we dive into that, tell me a little bit about your background. How did you get to what you're doing today? Well, I have spent my career in technology and in college, I spent some time as an intern at Microsoft working on their Microsoft Money solution. And that was a really fascinating place for me to spend time during two summers in college and gave me a little bit of a window into uh, how people think about uh, technology and finance. And then left and went and spent the rest of my years until now, so the next couple decades, working in technology and working in some really interesting tech companies and was always sort of perplexed why has the state of the art of helping people stay on top of their money not really evolved from where it was in, in those days where we're initially quicken and then microsoft money sort of planted their feet and said here's here's how to approach it and why has that why aren't there just aren't there better solutions you know we, we're in a world where there's been so much innovation and in how we do so many things but frustrated and and especially as i married my amazing wife we had one kid then we had a second child and through all of that it became more and more important to manage our money the velocity of our money increased now we're two income earners and we have two kids and it's just harder to keep track and was really frustrated that there wasn't something better and all of that came together to create the kernel that ultimately started Tiller Money. I love this. So I have used Tiller Money. I know we were talking a little bit about that before I officially hit record, but I have been a, such a big fan of it and mostly because it syncs with Google Sheets. And I love that Google Sheets is free and accessible on all of your different, your technology, your computer, your phone, all that stuff. But for somebody who hasn't heard of Tiller Money, can you give us just like a little 30,000 foot view of what it is and how you view it? Great. Yeah. Tiller money is the most flexible way to stay on top of your money. And there are there are many tools out there. Most are based on either web apps or mobile apps that give you a certain chart, a certain report. And what we found and really inspiration for what is Tiller money is that that people have always been using spreadsheets. And before spreadsheets, they used paper ledgers to stay on top of their money. And the reason that works brilliantly is that it's flexible. People can organize and think about and track and plan their finances 
in a construct that makes sense to them, given how their mind works, given their goals, given their unique situation. And trying to fit that into a single app doesn't often make sense, which is why a lot of people don't stick with with other tools out there. So mm. we're, we fully embrace and are built around the spreadsheet. We support uh, Google Sheets and Microsoft Excel. And we make spreadsheets easier for people who aren't experienced in spreadsheets. We also work with people who have a long history in spreadsheets. The way we make spreadsheets faster and easier is, is um, a couple things in particular. First, we have automated data feeds so you can connect all of your banks, your checking, your savings, credit cards, 401k, mortgage, student loan. You can connect all of those institutions and accounts into Tiller Money and we'll feed your latest transactions and balances into your spreadsheet of your choice that you own your data in your spreadsheet. We'll feed it and keep it updated every day. So that's that's one big sort of pillar of Tiller Money. The second is we have templates that we have built. The, the central one is our foundation template that helps people to track, look at their balances, see their net worth, budget. But we also have a huge collection of other uh, solutions that we've built as part of our community that help people with all kinds of riddles. And so customers can quickly move quickly to uh, tracking, managing, planning their money their way based on uh, the community that we have, based on we have a, a one of our identities in the community is Tiller Money Labs, which is a place where we're often experimenting with new things you can do and we share that there. We also have customers in, in the community who share things as well. And so through that, there's a large collection of uh, templates and solutions that help people to get at the things they want to do quickly. So through templates and feeds, we make spreadsheets really easy. Oh, by the way, we have an awesome support team and privacy is really central to Tiller Money. So we have no ads. We designed it so no one sees your data. I don't see transact. None of our support team sees any transactions or balances. None of our engineers, the humans here are blind to our customers' uh, transactions and balances because we really value privacy and, and no ads. We're just simply a subscription service. So that's really what Tiller Money is about. I love it. I think it's, I mean, you guys are doing some good work and I know that it's firsthand I've experienced it. So I, I am a big fan of everything you're doing. And we're definitely towards the end of this, we're going to talk a little bit about a fun 30 day challenge. So for everybody listening in, stay tuned because this is going to be something that I am definitely taking part of myself. But Peter, talk to me a little bit about why you view the new year, maybe a little bit differently like as a time of reflection. What, how do you view that? It's a good question, Whitney. I, think the the new year is the time to turn the page. And I will say for all of us, 2020 has been an unexpected year. It's just yeah. been a tough year. It's been a tough year uh, on so many dimensions, starting with the pandemic, starting with sort of the uh, social and racial challenges that we've uh, faced as a country with the challenge of politics that have distracted us. Yeah. And so 2020, and some of those maybe we saw coming and some of them completely blindsided us. 2020 has been a challenging year and that translates for many of us also into our finances. You know, uh, many of us have have uh, found, have lost income uh, partially or entirely this year. Uh, those of us with, with uh, kids or with elderly parents taking care of them this year is much harder. It's just been a hard year, right? So, yeah. so things aren't gonna change dramatically as we, 
now dive into 2021, but what can change is we have all that perspective and it's really turning a new page. So how do I want to think about those things that I can control? And I've always been someone who loves the chance to think about New Year's resolutions, New Year's goals, sort of what do I want this new year to be? And to take a, you know, have a chance to step back and be deliberate about thinking about the new year. And I think that's what this gives us in one area, especially where we don't have complete control over our finances because external things happen, but we actually have a surprising amount of control that many of us don't seize unless we build that as a practice, which is what your podcast is all about and Mm -hmm. one of the gifts you give to your followers. And so New Year's is really about, okay, like what what do I want to, what do I want this year to be? And where, what progress do I want to make with my finances and with my life? And I think it's, it's a really awesome opportunity to turn, turn a fresh page and with some new energy, think about that. I agree with you. I think it's, I've always been a new year's resolutioner. People are either like super gun ho for that or kind of hate it, but I right. love it. It's always been that mental trigger <laughs> yes. of like, okay, reflect, you know, what, what went well, what didn't, but you mentioned something I want to dive into a little bit more. You said one of the things that we can think about is what we can control. I love that internal locus of control because there's a lot, as you mentioned, a lot of crap that happened in 2020 that we had no control over. So that focus on what we can control makes us feel a little bit more empowered, in my opinion. But what are some of those things that you personally are thinking through when you're looking at what can I control in the future? Great. So one of the biggest things we can control is, uh, I would say it starts with our awareness, which is many of us, one of the things technology has done is it makes it very easy to be unaware of our money and generally we have a good sense for where our income is coming from generally if we're not working at it we don't have a good sense for where our money is going everything has made it easier to spend with a click a tap a swipe and it's really easy in fact with subscriptions we can spend without doing any of that and so one of the areas where we can take control is to create some awareness. And that's something that's a big value here at Tiller Money, which is the importance of seeing our transactions a second time. And and that can be through any means. That can be simply with pen and paper, looking at what I've spent. That can be with a service like Tiller Money. But looking at seeing our transactions a second time and and building that as a practice, sometimes we resist it because it's like, oh, I don't really want to see what I've just spent. But, <laughs> yep. but, but and, and I totally get that. And that's a natural urge. It's an urge, I would say, that's universal. So we're all in good company there, right? But actually, what's interesting is that by paying attention, uh, uh, what I have found myself and what I see and hear from others uh, and our customers is that by paying attention, we actually do achieve some calm because we move from that fearful place, not knowing what's going on, to a place of awareness. And what happens with awareness is all of a sudden, first of all, without even planning or budgeting or setting any specific goals, with awareness, our behaviors naturally change because our mind is trying to reconcile what we're doing with our values and priorities. So without even the hard work of saying, I'm gonna do this or that, our behaviors just do start to change. But also 
we can, if we want, then set a specific goal and to further that progress, to further that change. And so we can, we, that's an area where we can have a lot of control is growing our awareness about where our money is coming from, where our money is going. Various people will approach that differently, whether you're a budgeter or just simply a tracker. I, I can't understate enough how important that is. And, and then through that, we can come up with a plan and we can say, uh, okay, like based on what I think my income is going to look like next month, here's what I would like to spend. And here's what I'd like to set aside for a goal. Maybe that's paying down some debt. Maybe that's saving for something I care about and or saving for something indefinite in the future. And we can start to make progress. And I think that Maybe next month something unforeseen happens. We can adjust, right? But if we're in the game, if we're paying attention, that's a tremendous amount of control that we're taking back that otherwise we give up if we if we just stick our heads in the sand. I love that you're mentioning the awareness piece because that is by far, I think, the single greatest thing you can do for yourself is just pay attention. Do you have any any like recommendations or any best practices for when you are building up that habit of being aware? Is it checking in daily? Is it weekly? Is monthly okay? Like, what, what do you think on that area? That's uh, great. And and actually, I, I, I'm happy. At it. I don't know if you want to talk about it later or now, but our the challenge that we have kicking yeah. off as this year starts actually touches on this directly. So, so we have realizing that the New Year's is a time to uh, to really uh, a motivating time for many of us to take the reins on our finances. We have a a 30 day challenge that is a free challenge customers can opt into. And it starts right now with the new year. And it's every week, there's two emails a week over four weeks to help our customers with 30 days of financial wins. And one of them is simply first, and it starts from the, the, the bare bones, the basics, right? Mm-hmm. For someone who's who hasn't been doing anything to stay on top of their finances. And then we build practices along that. It's connected into our community. So I'm going to be in there. I'm going to actually going to be, I've helped design the course, but I'm going to actually be in the challenge myself, oh, sharing fun. my wins in the community, right? <laughs> Where awesome. other customers are going to be sharing their wins. So I'm really excited about that because it's one of the things that helps is to be part of a, we, uh, all the research says is when you're part of a community of others working towards the same goals, that helps uh, helps you make progress. And and so that, so you asked a, a really good question, like what's, what are the, the nuts and bolts of being aware? Right. Uh, and the first, I'll give you a hint, the first things we talk about in this challenge are, yeah, are going in and starting to track and doing it daily is actually a really helpful um, a helpful place to start in especially for the first month or two if, if this is new and the reason why is a daily habit is much easier to keep track of in our head than a habit that we're doing every few days and it's just like all the other things we do daily brushing and flossing and uh, everything else right and so and maybe and setting a specific time for that and so maybe it's it's something I'm going to do on lunch break, or maybe it's I have a post-it note on my computer, and it's the first thing I do every day. What's interesting also about going in every day, there's not a lot to do, right? On a given so day, true. maybe you have a few new transactions, maybe it's none, maybe it's 10 transactions, but it's it's not much to look at. 
and and uh, and so it might it might be a minute of your time, it might be five minutes of your time, but you're building that practice which says, okay, I'm not fearful about my money. I'm gonna go in, I'm gonna look and see what's there. What's also interesting is action will start to naturally come out of that because you'll notice, oh, there's that subscription I'm not really using, or, oh, that's right, that was something I meant to return, or, uh, oh yeah, I, I wanted to check into my 401k and see if the, the, the uh, allocation is the right allocation. And so perhaps some days you may give yourself a little homework to spend a few extra minutes. Other days you're just going to be in there for a minute or two and you're done. But you've built that practice. It's that daily practice. And I would say keep with that daily practice until it's routine, until it's comfortable, until you're you're uh, hitting it every day. And then you may you can decide to modify it. But a daily practice is much easier to adopt. And and in this case, it's going to be really quick. I love this. And you actually like alluded to my next question because I always play devil's advocate. I hear the voices of everybody listening in. They're like, yeah, but I've tried that before. Like I tried to look daily and I did really good for a week and then I fell off the bandwagon. So it's almost like building up that practice. But what do you do when you do fall off the bandwagon? Like I, I know no one's perfect and somebody's going to have a moment of slipping up. Um, so for even like you personally, when you experience that, how do you get back on track and not let that totally derail you? Yeah, no. And that happens and that's okay. So first don't beat, don't beat yourself up. I, if I fall off the bandwagon, it's okay. I have today. Let's I mm-hmm. I've re- recognized it and I can go in today. The other thing is I think people sometimes, uh, around finances get caught up and and think okay i want to get the last several months just sort of perfectly organized no 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 no. like maybe that could be icing on the cake you do sometime but focus on today and so if you have skipped a week maybe maybe like let's just focus on today and then focus on tomorrow you can go back at some point and and address that missing week or you might not but Focus on today and don't be overwhelmed. And that's especially true if you've fallen off the bandwagon for a longer period of time, for a few months, then it feels overwhelming. I don't really want to address that big gap uh, in that I haven't really looked at. And so focus on today, focus on tomorrow, just get back on the saddle. And um, and I think that what's happening today is far more important than what happened a few months ago. And there are, I know there are people who like to have their whole house tidy and in order, and that is, Sort of, you can get there if you want to start cleaning up all your historical data. I, I will say that one thing about Tiller Money that's also unique among our services, and, I, and you probably know this well, but we have a totally different approach to categorization. Uh, we give people, we give our customers complete flexibility in defining their own categories and then logical groups that those categories go under. And they can have, we have some customers with three categories, we have some with hundreds, and that's fine. We also give people the option, if they want, to create their own categorization rules. Most tools out there will assign their own rules based on machine learning, and that gets it 90% right, but it's infuriating the 10% that it gets wrong because they're really (laughs) wrong. And (laughs) so we give people complete control because people who are, if you're... You know, if you're a money nerd, you don't want some machine trying to guess no. that for me, the one that drives me nuts is the red apple grocery store. It always thinks is Apple computer and a, and a gallon of milk <laughs> is not by phone. I'm sorry. And so <laughs> and so we give people complete control to build their own rules. And it can say if this description matches this, then it goes in this account. And you can also do it based on uh, 
amounts or which card I use. Like in our family, we have, if an Amazon purchase is on this credit card, it's a living expense. If it's on this credit card, it's a discretionary expense. So you can also set up rules and that's going to give you momentum and make, uh, help, uh, keep, it's going to make those daily check-ins really, really easy because if you choose to set up rules, it's, uh, those are rather than, uh, 10 categories, 10 transactions categories, you may have you know, one or none. And, uh, and so that's also, um, just a, a small side note, but yeah, uh, if you fall off the bus, just get back on, focus on today. And that's gonna, that's gonna be the mindset that's going to help you move forward. Man, back to that theme of like focusing on what you can control. Like you can't help right. your past. Like, yeah, we all make mistakes, but that, that simple act of just what can I do today to better my life? I really love that. That's a really great point. And, and, you know, one other thing I would build on that is that one trick that is helpful uh, and it is to think about your money a bit objectively, almost as if it's a friend. Just imagine, and this is sort of a fun mindset, but imagine going into the new year that it's not your finances that you're organizing, it's a friend's. And so you just want to help this friend understand what's coming and going, which means you, you're letting go of all the judging. You love this friend. They're a great person. They're human. Yeah, they make some mistakes, but they're, you love this person and you just want to help them out. You're just their assistant. So you're just going to go in and you're making observations without any judgment. And and so think of it as someone else's finances, right? And that is also a way to sort of let go of all that that um, internal negative talk that we have around our money. Oh, that's so good. What a great tip. I think that's super, super helpful. And then once we do get awareness over our, our money and just tracking and paying attention to how our cash flow is turning out, how do you how do you personally approach like long-term goals? Like I, I know sometimes there's a lot of confusion of should I put money towards my emergency fund? Should I invest more? I always wanted to buy that second home. Like it's so hard sometimes to think through like prioritizing those long-term goals from a financial standpoint. Do you have any tips on that? You know, um, I would say we have a lot of goals and and this is one of the things that we talk about also in this challenge is so list out your goals. Maybe it, there's an emergency fund, maybe there's a down payment on a new home, maybe there's some retirement savings, maybe there's that you know post-pandemic vacation that we want to take and have the money <laughs> available when we can. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, okay, so list those out. Those are good. But think about what's, of those, what's the, what's the number one goal? What's the most important goal? If I make progress on that, I'm going to feel uh, satisfaction and I'm going to build momentum. What's mm. my number one goal? Circle that goal. Put that goal on a post-it note. Stick that post-it note on your bathroom mirror or on your laptop. And that's going to be your, your reminder and your clue and your motivation to stick through this day by day and week by week. And maybe my goal is simply I want to build that emergency fund out or, again, fill in the blank. And okay, maybe I'm also making progress on some of my other goals, but focus on that number one, make that number one, make progress on that number one goal so that as you move partway through the year, in a few months, in a quarter, halfway through the year, you'll actually look and say, wow, okay, I yeah, I, there's a lot of goals that I have and maybe I've made progress towards several, but towards my number one goal, the one that I had on my post-it note on my bathroom mirror, wow, look, I have gone from here to here. I have made progress towards that goal, that's going to be incredibly motivating. And and so focus on the number one, because it's easy to get overwhelmed by so many things we want to do, but we get there one step at a time. 
I love it. Yep. I totally agree. And I, I do something very similar to where I view my life in seasons and this might sound a little weird, but I'll be in a season of hustling where I'm really working on the business and the podcast, or I'll be in a season of saving more money or le- relaxing. Like I really do view it that way too, where sometimes, you know, vacation fund gets more priority. And in 2020 sure didn't, <laughs> I wish it did, right. but I'm not going anywhere. And so I think it's, it's really nice to see that you can prioritize that. And more than anything, I think sometimes we just need permission to do that, which as silly as that sounds. That's right. No, it is giving ourselves permission. And we can't boil the ocean, right? But we can, if you have one goal, uh, uh, you can make progress towards that one goal. And, and, you know, yeah, there can be unforeseen things that happen a month in, a week in that, that, make you have to reframe that goal. And so then then cross it out and rewrite your number one goal because all of a sudden something that you didn't plan to happen happened. But aside from those large unforeseen events, if we have one goal, we can make progress. Maybe it's little steps, maybe it's big steps, but you can make progress towards that. You really can. Yeah, I agree. So since I've got you towards the end of the year, I think this is always a fun conversation to have. Do you do anything to do like an overall financial recap of your finances or how do you structure that for your own life? Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, it is the end of the year is a great chance or the start of the new year as you look back is a great chance to, if you have your data organized from the prior year, it's an awesome chance to sort of look and see, okay, like what's the big picture? Where did, where did I come out for the year? And again, I, I, I'm going to talk kind of both sides of my mouth a little bit. If you don't have your money organized from last year, that's going to, that can be a consuming, frustrating, challenging yeah. ordeal. And focus on today, focus on ahead and think that a year from now, I'm going to be able to do that and that's going to feel great. But on the other hand, if you, yes, if you had your data organized from the prior year, your taxes are going to be easier. And also this is a great time to reflect and to look back and to say, okay, uh, what's, um, where did everything come out? Where did my money come from and where did it go? And and also, that's a really good chance to, again, reflect on what what are my priorities and values as I head into the new year and how might I want things to be different from the year just past? Did I, you know, and that could be in regards to maybe I want to work more or work less. Maybe I want to give to charity. Uh, maybe I want to spend more in one category and less in another. If there's a cat, an area of spending that's more consistent with your values, maybe it's you know, I really want to take care of my body and I, gosh, I didn't really spend much there, but there's some, there's some modest expenses or big, whatnot, but there's some expenses I can make towards self-care, fitness, mental well-being. Uh, and then you may also look, hey, there's some, ex- there's big categories of expenses that it didn't really do much for me. Why am I spending that much money over there? Right. And so we, you know, part of, Financial wellness is health is being able to, and health is being able to, to to go in at the micro level and to look at the the weeds and the trees and then to be able to step back and look at the forest and the hills and the the terrain and the end of the year is such a great chance to do that looking back and then looking ahead because in the day to day we we lose that perspective very easily but that's gonna that's gonna make your goal setting so much easier and it's gonna give you an interesting point of view. I, and I will say Tiller Money has awesome, we have this, I mentioned before, but we build lots of templates and we have some really interesting and awesome uh, reporting where you can report on categories or tags and or, or yes. transactions across the whole year. Tiller Money Labs is one of our 
uh, is building a lot of stuff in our community and has some fantastic reports there to give you that full year perspective. And you can see uh, where where has my where has my money gone and what have I done? Yeah. I love that. I'm glad you mentioned that too. I think it's it's really interesting that you mentioned the values piece because I have a weird New Year's practice too that sounds like it's actually kind of in line. So you might approve, Peter, but I will look <laughs> at sure my three comments. <laughs> I know I'm, I'm always like, maybe, I don't know. Um, but I, I'll write down my three common core values, which for me is health, adventure, and financial security. Big surprise there, right? <laughs> and so those are my my core values for my own life. And I will legitimately do this. I'll go through how much should I spend on groceries for the entire year? How much should I spend on eating out, gym memberships, health in general? And then ultimately, I can look and see, am I spending in line with my values? And did I feel like the year was in line with those or was it kind of off whack? So I'm glad to hear the values piece. I think so many people gloss over that. Absolutely. And I think uh, for my wife uh, and I, um, the it has that has really given us, opened some interesting conversations for us too. And one of the, uh, one of the things, I, I think we probably share some similar values to what you've discussed, but you know, in recent years, we've uh, in the last, specifically in the last two years, one of the things that that has given us an opportunity to do is to think about: okay, we we live in a uh, in a community that lacking a um, a good library, and that's been a project we've significantly committed ourselves in time and 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 we've also given to, and that has which is the creation of a new a new library, and that's been a that's project so cool. my especially my wife has has has. And two years ago, we decided this is really important for our community. We have a very economically diverse community. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, um, and this is something like we want a 21st century library for our youth, for our seniors. And so my wife, as part of that, decided let's look at how we can live without her full income and with part of her income so that she can give her time. She, she started up a Friends of the Library and they've been raising money and are we're now breaking ground on this new library. And that is that is something that came out of the big picture Forest Hills sort of longer time view planning that we did, which is this is something that when we think about this time in our lives, in addition to the work and the family contributions we make, this is this is a legacy. This is a sort of a, something meaningful that we want to commit to. And that came at some cost to us, which was in reshuffling sort of how we think about our, especially my wife's income and work, and uh, and that that can only those kind of things can only come when we step back and and dream a little and think about how do we make the most of our precious time and our precious uh, money and use them in ways that align with our values and use them in ways that are going to be ultimately meaningful to us now and meaningful when we look back at when we're old and crotchety and and wonder. What did we do with this one glorious life we (laughs) get? How do you, I love that. I think that's so great too. And like, what a, what a great gift for your kids to see their parents going through this and following their dreams and, and helping the community instead of just, you know, coming from like a selfish point of view. I think that's so cool for their kids, especially. It it is. And you know, our, (laughs) so tying back to, uh, the whole money thing as well. One of the, as our kids uh, with every dollar that they earn from an allowance or from jobs that they do, 
they give a third to the community to a cause that they care about and they uh, save a third for the future which for them is college and then they spend a third which uh, for our kids is Legos and stuffies and uh, <laughs> and uh, and our our older boy has has he's now moved on past the library but he has actually through that he's been like he plays an instrument so he busks outside the local grocery store and he's has a lemonade stand and he's hustled and he's contributed five hundred dollars towards our local library's new construction he's now moved on to the to the food bank which i think is to him a really meaningful cause in this pandemic and uh but it's it's exciting for him like he takes so much pride in as a 10 year old in the fact that he can hustle and he can give meaningfully to this community. And I'm excited for him. I think that, and our seven-year-old is picking up some of that too. But that, my hope is we hope uh, that that's going to give him a sort of a meaningful perspective on his money uh, and how he can use that as a tool, uh, not just for his life. That is the um, cutest thing ever. The larger <laughs> what a darling kid. He just sounds like a little rock star. <laughs> He's a good kid. He's a good kid. He yeah. Sounds so, like it. Uh, yeah. So you you kind of you touched on this too, which I think is always I'm not a parent myself, but I know a lot of parents listen to this show too. So you kind of touched on how you help your kids divide up money. Um when you're looking through like the end of year recaps and all of that kind of stuff and just finances on a day-to-day basis, do you involve your kids in those conversations or is it more superficial information? Like, how do you approach that? That's a great question. We do talk about finances and we try to talk them, talk about them in sort of an age appropriate way. So, mm-hmm. uh, which for them at age seven and 10 is, you know, we do talk about them at the big picture level and we're trying to talk about how both, you know, why for us, sort of how we think about our work, not just from a financial perspective, but from a What's the meaning that it does again for us? What's yeah. what's the meaning we take out of it, and what's the contribution it gives to the world? And then also, as we as we think about spending, we do often discuss spending decisions with them. And it's interesting. Our older son, you know, he will. It's gotten into his head to the point where he will often, if we we out less than we did before because of because of that. Because our especially our older son, like if. Rather than ordering pizza, we're now making pizza. And he, because he, he adds up the money, he sees the receipt when we pick up pizza from the local pizza shop. And he's like, that's a lot of money. We could, and then he adds up the money when, you know, when we go to the grocery store, he's like, gosh, we could make that pizza. The same pizzas that, you know, we buy a few large pizzas for $50 and and yeah, same yeah. pizzas we can make for 10 And so, you know, he he does that math, which I think is is helpful and interesting. And, uh, and I think it's good for kids to, hear and talk about talk about their finances. I will say I have a teammate whose uh, who's daughter is in high school and he's taken that a whole step further, which is, and that's, again, this is age appropriate. So with an older kid, sure. he's actually given his daughter reins of the family tiller money spreadsheet. And, oh, and so oh, she is the one, she's the one running the budget. And I find that fascinating. And we're not there because our kids are, are too young to, to do that right now. But, but I think if you want to prepare a kid to be on their own two feet, uh, once they're, you know, 18 and out in the world, what a better way than to, uh, give them a dry run with the family finances. And, you know, you're going to, they're going to see everything. They're going to see that splurge that you made. They're also going to see the the good decisions <laughs> you made. And, and that's, that's actually like, wow, what I think only great things could come from that transparency. 
And I, I think that's a, a, a really interesting perspective to think about for, for an older child. That's so fun. And to be fair, I think your 10-year-old would absolutely crush it with your budget. <laughs> so it sounds like he's got his head on straight. <laughs> yeah. That's so cute. <laughs> I love it. Well, Peter, we've had a ton of fun just discussing lots of different end of New Year's recaps and finances and budgeting tips and hacks that I think are so relevant no matter what stage you're at in your finances. But before we officially part ways, are you down for some rapid fire questions? Let's do it. You bet. Awesome. Okay. My first question for you, what is one purchase you recently made that has made your life better? One purchase that has made my life better. I would say that I have this new tea that is this awesome turmeric tea that is part of my uh, sort of part of my evening shutdown ritual. And it's a bit of an expensive tea in a in a nice tea bag and feels like a bit of a splurge, but a, it is. Uh, it makes me so happy and it's become uh, a really uh, wonderful part of my routine. And that is a purchase that gives me a tremendous amount of joy. Love. Tell us more. Where do we get this tea? <laughs> oh no. Now uh, I, it's a tea I found at the, uh, oh gosh, we'll have to, I'll send you a link and we'll add it in the show notes because okay, I don't do. have it For at, sure. at hand, but it's, yeah, it's a tea I found at, um, uh, Fuel, which is one of my uh, favorite coffee shops in Seattle. And yeah, I will send you the link. Oh, please do. I'd love to try it too. I'm always looking for a good tea. <laughs> All right. Next question for you. I personally am obsessed with people's morning routines. So tell us, what is your current morning routine? Ah, my current morning routine. It changes with the season. So now we're in the cold and dark season. I get up and I'm often, I'm actually always the first one up. So it's the dark, cold season. I light a fire in the wood stove and I make a glass of full uh, a, a mason jar filled with water with a squeeze of a half of a lemon. And I will either read or I will journal on a great ideal day for a, a period of time. And then I will dive in and in, I, like, I find it's a very energetic time for me to dive into some work. And I, if, if I'm good, I subscribe to the theory, tackle the hard work first. So I'll tackle that, that task or that project that's ambiguous or that's hard to, hard to uh, wrap my head around. And, and then after an hour or two, uh, the, uh, the rest of the family starts to wake up. My ideal day starts maybe Five, uh, five, five thirty, and the family, everyone else wakes up usually a couple hours after that. Uh, and so this time of the year, it's sort of an inside routine. In the summer, I really like to get out in the light and and I'll mm. exercise in the, at that time. But in this time of the year, I really enjoy the coziness of of that, and that is that is my morning routine. And then we have, and then I unplug, and we'll have all. I'm often helping with breakfast and sort of coordinating in the kitchen, getting, make my wife uh, coffee. That's a um, sort of fun gift for in the morning. And, and then, um, and then after that, I'll plug back into work and sort of, it's, it's sort of a normal day, but that the balance for me of having my own time where there's, it's just, it's the quiet house uh, is a, is really a gift to me <laughs> and yeah. sort of my day into the right footing. And then having that 
family energy unplugged, not sort of worrying about the rest of life, not trying to sort of juggle Slack or email, but just sort of being in the energy of the family in the kitchen for the next while is this fun yin and yang for me that I appreciate and uh, and it puts me in a good spot for the rest of the day. That's such a that great That was not routine. a rapid fire question. I'm sorry, but. <laughs> no, I loved it. I, I, I think it's always so interesting. So I appreciate you sharing that. All right. Next question for you. We're going to pretend it's post-COVID. Where is one location you're dying to travel to? Ooh. Okay. We, uh, that is great. I am really, my wife's from Alaska. I cannot wait to get up. Uh, we love the outdoors. To uh, My wife and I have spent some time and have some significant family history that ties up to the Arctic. And I cannot wait to go up there with our boys. The last time we were there, our 10-year-old was in my wife's belly. So it's been a decade and I can't wait to get up there. It's a place that is stunning and wild and I really want our boys to see it. And I love getting there. Uh, I, I, I love sharing and getting to know my wife's home state of Alaska. So that is at the at the top or close to the top of the list. Oh, so fun. I love that. All right, my friend, last question for you. In your opinion, what is the secret to financial success? What is the secret to financial success? Uh, it's it is really simple, and it echoes some of the themes that we've talked about today. And and it frankly, I'm going to come right back to what the inspiration for this company. We are called Tiller Money because we believe if you have a a tiller is what connects to the rudder on a sailboat. And if you want to go someplace, you put your hands on the tiller and you control where that boat goes. You can't control the, if you're in a sailboat, you can't control the wind. You can't, whether it's a headwind or a tailwind, what, what sails you're going to need, whether it's a, whether you're using a spinnaker or a jib or whether you're in a storm, but with your hand on the tiller, you can control where you end up. And we want to give that to our customers through our service. And so my philosophy around that is take control. You have so much more control than you know, and it's just about getting your head in the game, taking it day by day, and you can do this. And so that is, that is if you look at how finan uh, financial legacies are built uh, and financial ruin, it happens day by day, and it builds on it. It builds on itself. And so what are you doing today to put your hand on the tiller and get to the destination you want? I love it. Peter, thank you so much for your time. It was such a pleasure just getting to know you and hearing a little bit about your advice. I really do appreciate it. Well, it's fantastic to chat with you, especially fun as a Tiller Money customer. Thank you, Whitney. And really yeah. glad to, yeah. to, uh, to talk money and to nerd out on money with you and your audience. Thanks, Whitney. Super grateful for your time. Have a good day. Okay, what'd you think? I love this episode. I thought it was so interesting. More than anything, the thing that really stood out to me was just how important it is to be self-aware when it comes to money. That was the overall theme that I was picking up on from this conversation with Peter. I would love to hear from you. Take a screenshot of this episode, tag me on Instagram. I'm at Whitney underscore Hanson underscore co. And let me know what was sticking out to you. I'd love to see who's listening in and say hi and get to meet you virtually and just connect with you and cheer you on. So come say hi on Instagram for sure. Thank you so much for tuning in. I will see you on Friday for 5 Tip Friday and for another episode of the Money Nerds podcast. Bye.